As a mother, wife, and divorce attorney for over 15 years, experience has taught me a lot about how to deal with times of uncertainty, transition, and facing opportunities for growth. I'm happy you're joining me for this part of the journey. If you have little ones in your home, you know the feelings of frustration when it comes to trying to get them to do something that they don't wanna do. What do you do when your little one is crying inconsolably and it seems like nothing works? If you're like my guest today, you get creative. Today, my guest is gonna to talk to us about how she got so creative, she ended up with over 300 stories that were effective at helping calm her little one down and have worked to calm down other children as well. How did she do that? She let him interrupt. My guest today is the creative genius, Ali Loop, also known as Alejandra Leibovich. She served as the senior art director for Nickelodeon, VH1, and MTV, and won numerous awards for her work in the industry. She's also the co-founder of How to Manage Enterprises, which is listed as an Inc. 5000 fastest growing company over six years in a row. Together, through How to Manage Enterprises, she works to help make sure that entrepreneurs get to grow and change the lives of thousands of families. And one of her most important roles is being mother to Taye Astua, who is six years old and who is the inspiration behind Stories Interrupted. Allie, welcome today. Thank you so much. That was an amazing intro. Well, I'm Again, so excited to sit down and talk with you about, about Stories Interrupted. As a mom of three kids, I know <laughs> definitely what those moments feel like. I, I, can, I can, you know, it doesn't take me a lot to get back to that moment of frustration. And, and you have taken that frustration and really brought your creativity to bear. So tell us, tell us about these stories. So, um, yes, I, when my son um, turned three or four, he, until then, he had been like happy, like happy-go-lucky kid, like amazingly happy and zero issues, very little crying. But then when uh, <laughs> he changed ages, I don't know what happened, and he would go into this crying sprees. I would say no to something. He would start crying like any other kid. But then he wouldn't stop after a minute or two. He would keep crying. And I realized that he couldn't that he couldn't stop. So I gave him the language, which is something that I find very important to give our kids language to so they can express themselves and they are less frustrated. And then we are less frustrated. <laughs> so I gave him the language to uh, to ask for help to stop crying. So he started asking me and um, and it was heartbreaking. He would say like, ask me, like help me stop crying. So I tried everything, like what we all do. Like I asked the teacher, friends, uh, a psychologist, uh, I read books, like all kinds of things. It didn't work consistently. It, it maybe like the breathing was the worst, like that didn't work at all. And then books on redirection, some, some things, like maybe it would work once, but nothing worked actually consistently. So one day he's went into one of these uh, crying like sprees and I thought, you know what? I'm gonna use what I used to do in all of the TV networks, right? I'm gonna 
let's let's see if I, I can interrupt him if I can actually like change the pattern so I asked him a simple question that for a boy, I mean, my boy, it worked, which was, have I ever told you the story about the frog with the one eye? So a frog is interesting, but a frog with an eye, one eye, that's even more interesting for a boy. So it was like magic. He actually stopped crying. And then he looked at me and then I thought, oh gosh, what do I do now? <laughs> so um, then I had to start telling him the story that I didn't know. And I just invented it on the spot with like all of the, I had been drawing cartoon characters for a long time, but I just grabbed like anything that I saw in the room, like a book about giraffes, a book about with elephants, like anything that I saw in the room went into the story, whatever, it didn't matter. So within like seconds he stopped crying completely and then within minutes he was laughing <laughs> he was laughing and then he was actually participating so he will interrupt the story right and i realized that it was those interruptions of letting him interrupt that kind of made the whole like everything in his brain and with these crying spills like change it had to do with him being able to participate and express himself. What you did is so interesting because as parents, we kind of, you know, develop some skills, maybe some healthy things and not so healthy. This is completely um, transformative. And you recognized an opportunity. So tell us how you took this, this, this moment um, with your son and really developed a library of stories. And what are you doing with that? Where can people find out about this? So um, I did. Um, I didn't recognize the opportunity at first. It took a bunch of stories until I realized, okay, this works every time. This is a tool as a parent that I can have, and I've been using it. Uh, now that he's six and a half, now it's harder. I have to really be top of my game to. <laughs> to tell him a story and like he he tells me like okay he 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 calms down if ever anything happened he still calms down but when he was younger it worked every single time and i realized that it didn't matter so much what exactly i was telling him the thing was that it was interesting, right? It was interesting for him. It was, um, I used uh, lizards and well, frogs and peacocks and cats and dogs, anything that he was interested at the moment. And I have actually heard parents that um, they just tell their, their kids, when they ask them to tell them stories, they just tell the same movie that they just saw but adapted right like it doesn't really matter exactly what you do with these stories it became um for my son it became a whole universe so the universe has rules so the frog with the one eye has uh, is a scientist and it has uh is building a spaceship to go to the moon underground like under our house basically so one day many in many stories we go down there we do experiments and the and the uh, spaceship is powered by rainbow power which my son was into rainbows for a while so then we jump on the rainbow and then we do stuff in the rainbow and we, we go places and it's just kind of 
putting using what he's interested in to add to it with stories and with things that happen that that kind of he is into um, to then allow him to take his creativity out when an interesting thing that happened that I didn't expect it was going to happen um, in the stories sometimes there is no conflict there is nothing like problematic that they have to solve kind of like real life like many times you know things are happening and we don't have conflicts all the time that we have to solve the stories are kind of like that so they the characters do one thing they decide to do something that maybe doesn't work so then they try something else and then they decide to go somewhere else kind of like if you were playing for an afternoon with your with your kids and like you keep pivoting or zigzagging from place to place. The stories work like that. So my son learned the skill by listening to the stories of just zigzagging. If something doesn't work, we need to try something else. And then if that doesn't work, then we need to try some other thing. And um, it, it created, a, I call it the what if. Um, a converse, typical conversation with my son after these stories goes like this. He, he, we are upstairs and he says, where is Papa? So he's dad. So I say, he could be in the kitchen. So then what if he's not in the kitchen? And then I say, he could be in, the, in, in his office. And what if he's not in his office? And then we go with that what if all the way up to the Andromeda galaxy. Like it goes... <laughs> anywhere but that is a skill that as an entrepreneur you must have if you don't have what if you can't have a business basically like it has it's a way to to go through life where you you are gonna get stuff thrown at you it's just gonna happen and is in the what if in how you keep zigzagging until you get to your destination, to where you wanna you wanna be. I would say that that is the biggest thing that I found with the stories that are so valuable. And when I did, when I realized that, I thought, okay, let's put them out to the world. So I made an app for phone. Hold um, on for just a second. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to interrupt you yeah. here before we go and talk about other platforms, because I yeah. really want to emphasize what, um, what, an, what a valuable skill you're giving your son. And, I, and I'm sitting here thinking of how often in that moment of frustration where, you know, to distract um, or divert, you know, my child, maybe I just threw, um, threw the iPad at them and so that they could go and, you know, amuse themselves with some something else that was being given to them. And what you're really doing is igniting the, the, distraction from within, you're igniting them to look at him to look at the world of possibilities. And that's the what if question that is so amazing and so profound. And I think, you know, you're right, as entrepreneurs, we do have to live with the what if, um, as creators mm -hmm. in this world, we have to live with the what if and live in the world of possibilities. And I think that is amazing, Allie. I really um, thank, you. thank you for sharing that. So now I want to transition and talk about mm -hmm. the ways that you are sharing this because 
is you've made this available for other parents to really um, tap into and learn from your example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have an app um, that is free um, that is called Calm Down Stories. Um, and it has um, many of the stories. Uh, the stories are um, uh, spoken word stories. I, I started telling them uh, to my son and of course I couldn't write while I was telling, telling him uh, the story. So I recorded them on my cell phone. So these are the recorded, the, the recorded stories, but edited with music, with sound effects, which the kids love the sound effects. Like every cat and every animal has their own meow and their own wow <laughs> their own, and their own thing. And they love that. Like if a door closes, then you hear the door closing. It's kind of like a, like a spoken word story. And those, um, they will calm the kids down and like they, then they fall asleep. Um, they are not your, like your big studio celebrity uh, voice uh, stories. These are homemade, okay? These are man-made, homemade. If you like that style, this is for you. If you like, you know, the perfect recording with the rehearsed actor that is telling the story, this is not that's not that um they are they are very real because they are the live recordings right um and then i just um released one of them because it's my love to draw cartoons i just released actually my first uh comic book with one of the stories this is is um as uh, comics interrupted and what i did with this one is um is to add the creativity and to put the interruptions the the um, the comic is actually full of interruptions for real like my son appears like the character of my son appears breaking the page and then interrupting and changing the story just like in the live stories the effect is the same and then i did the second part of the book then they get to write their own so this will be their the page where they draw the title and then everything is blank so then they get to write their own thing and even their own interruptions um so this is just came out like like two days ago and i just got my first copy and um i decided to do it in comic because uh i love comics i i i, I just i think it's it's such a great way for kids to um to um, learn concepts and and read something that is going to add to their lives that is that that is going to interest them that is in their language right um a lot of parents like they are like oh comic books you know like if like if they are not going to teach you anything and some of them don't teach you anything but i think that we can use them to teach actually something like this concept of what if and um and also like spark their creativity right um that's why i left the whole second part of the comic is like they do their own thing and um and i have um i started uh in the platform called whatpad i started publishing the stories and so where can people go to learn more about your community and about the um the the stories 
uh, and my website, aleloop.com. That is great. Um, mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about how you, because you you and your husband work together and you all have built this very successful uh, mm -hmm. company, companies, multiple companies. Um, and you did all that before your son was born. And so then your, your, your son came into the world. And I want to talk a little bit about how you have juggled the many demands mm -hmm. of being a very successful entrepreneur, artist, uh, you know, talented in your own right, um, and the, the gift of motherhood, <laughs> what that, how that changed <laughs> for you. I can tell you that now I'm in a program uh, to each better, okay? <laughs> because it does... It does, uh, it does take a lot out of you. So what I did is I chose, right? I chose to build the business um, and to just dedicate time to that because um, you can't do everything. So I left a little bit of the art. Um, I was kind of fulfilled with that. So um, I went head on uh, with building, building the different businesses. Um, what I did when my son was born, I had planned um, to replace myself. So I did. I replaced myself and I would just kind of work when I needed to, when I wanted to. But I did it wrong. I didn't put in uh, certain checkpoints. So then um, I had to come back and fix a ton of stuff <laughs> for about two years while I was looking to replace myself again, but this time with the right people. So um, I now I'm basically semi-retired. Uh, I don't have a job. I don't have a title. I'm co-founder uh, in the business, like in the businesses. Uh, I don't have responsibilities uh, other than being a shareholder. Uh, the second time I took my time and I did it right. Uh, the business is actually growing and is, is doing way better than that I, I, I could have ever imagined. The stories with, the, the, with my son, they are like they happen during my whole um, replacing myself process. And, and I have them and they are beautiful. Like I love them. So I'm doing that project too. Um, but that's how you have to choose. You have to choose. You can't do everything. It's true. You, you really can't. Um, and, and it is a choice. And I, I think, you know, when we're conscious and aware that we have a choice, so, so often I think people feel like the circumstances are just dictating, you know, where the, the direction that their life is going in. But when you, when you peel back and you stop and you look at those circumstances, we always have a choice of how we're going to respond to them and how we can show up. What ways? Well, um, I believe that, um, and this is in the story, um, I believe that I can create the world around me. I always believe that. Uh, even when I was in Argentina and uh, grew up in a dictatorship, I, it's not explicit. I'm not teaching, oh, you can create the world around you. But with all of the interruptions and letting the kids interrupt, they get to learn to create the world in the stories, which then they will create the wor their world around them around themselves, right? It's kind of like a practice, a practice run. Um, I think that as, a, as a adults, 
we if we take a hundred percent responsibility for us our life how we think what we feel uh, how we act um we realize that we have that power uh within us sometimes it's not that easy to see it but within the there is for every problem there is a solution it's the same as there is up and there is down there is outside there is inside there is problem there is solution so there, there is always a solution even if sometimes it's really hard to see um sometimes it takes months or sometimes it can take years you know to solve a specific problem but we do have the solution always exists and it's important that us as parents we also teach that to our kids that things can happen but then we choose how we are going to act about it and how we're going to feel about it um the feeling is a learning experience for the kids they my son still doesn't doesn't get that but i think at one point when he grows up a little bit more he will I love that. You know, um, you just shared a little bit about growing up in Argentina in a dictatorship. And I think mm -hmm. it's so easy for people to look at somebody like you who's so accomplished. You've had such an amazing career and, you know, co-founder of the, the businesses um, and easy to look and say, well, you know, it was easy for her. And, and no, you, know, you certainly have had challenges to overcome. What mm -hmm. what helped you going through through all the challenges in your life? I mean, what what do you think it is that has brought you to this place uh, where you're really getting to enjoy the the fruits of your labor, especially the time with your son? Um, I think it's called grit. Um, I always I always wanted more um i always wanted to try things um i, I am very curious like a curious i'm a very curious person and some things when they i see them they inspire me and i want to do that and or i want to investigate that and when i was a kid i don't remember what age i was but I went to the house, I think it was an apartment, of somebody that um, I had just met and we had just become friends. And they, um, I had never been to this person's house and, um, and there were very few apartments. I was living in a small town. So going to an apartment building, it was kind of like a new thing. And when I got into her room, the room of this girl was all pink. Um, I shared my room with my brother, my older brother. So my room was kind of like with adult furniture, brown, the walls might have been light blue. Um, it was mainly toys, like boy toys. No, nothing was gender specific. When I went to this girl's room, everything was pink. There was little kids furniture, which I didn't even know existed, like little kids furniture. And she had pink curtains, which to me was, I'd never seen pink <laughs> curtains. I'd never seen wallpaper pink, furniture pink, um, bed cover pink, bed that was pink. Like it was like a new world. And I particularly, I didn't like it. Like I didn't like the design of the things in pink, but that made me think if this exists that I didn't know that existed, what else exists that I don't know? 
right? That that exists. And that's, I think that that curiosity of what else exists that I don't know it exists, um, always kept me going. I knew that there would, that, that if I'm here, there is a place for me in the world. And there is a brain, right? That is unique to me. And if I cannot develop that, why would I be here? Everything that we see has a purpose. Everything, absolutely everything in nature, it didn't just happen, is there for a reason. The same as us, as each of us. And to not be able to develop that is kind of like, what's the point? So um, I left Argentina by myself when I was 22, when my mom passed away. Um, and I never went back. <laughs> I knew one person in the States and it was just amazing. Like my, like the whole trip, I always said yes to every opportunity. And I was always very focused on where I wanted to go. So then I would get the jobs that I wanted. Um, why? Because I wanted to have fun. <laughs> I wanted to be doing that, you know? I love that. Um, I, I, I mean, I think it's such a powerful example of what happens when, you know, you, you have a focus and you have curiosity and you live in a world of what ifs. <laughs> I'm sure it didn't exactly go as you had planned it if you were going to lay it all out. Um, but what an amazing adventure you've, you've had. Yeah, um, I... Um... I was actually the only one from my family that did that. One of my like um, far away cousins, he also, a, a dancer, he also left Argentina. And um, we are, we just saw each other in New York a couple weeks ago. And, um, and we're the only ones. Yeah. And we have offered, you know, like uh, the rest, yeah, like I'll help you come like, it's not that hard. I mean, it is hard, but it, you can do it. And no, they, um, I think there has to be um, a belief. I see us with our members at, at, at How to Manage Enterprises, um, like with all the business owners we work, um, if, if they believe it's possible, then we can help them grow their business, start their business, whatever it is. But if the person doesn't believe that is possible, we cannot help them. Mm. And there is something that belief. Um, I, <laughs> I have a, an example of this. So one day, a few years ago, I had my wrist was hurting a lot. And when I was a kid, I did a bad, like I had a bad fall in gymnastics. And then these uh, ligaments, they, um, they gave in, they, they broke. So um, I went to the doctor, like as a grown up, just a few years ago, when they put a cast on my, on my arm. And the moment that they put the cast on my arm, I thought, I said, oh no, this is terrible. <laughs> And I said, I, I'm not going to be able to stay three weeks with the thing. And then I thought, 
you know, if we were in Star Trek, if we were in the Enterprise and the doctor was here, like she or he would like put, you know, like just something and it would be cured and that would be the end of it. So then that got me thinking, why don't we have that, right? Because some things from that show we have, we have the iPad, we have the cell phone, we had like the flip phone, like communicators, we have all of that. But we don't have certain things. We don't have a transporter. We don't have anything that's not where it's in the show. And I think that we don't have it because there has not been somebody that believes that that's possible to actually invent it. Because some things are like the materials are all the same. They've always been here, you know, from the beginning of, of, of Earth, of, of being human beings but some things are here and some things are not and it's that belief that something is possible that makes that that person you know kind of go for it even if they don't know how in the world it's going to happen but they believe that it's possible i want to i i want to go back just for a moment to you know like you and your husband, you all figured out how to run a successful enterprise and all the success that you had in your life. And then, and then you have a child. <laughs> what ways did that take you by surprise? Because I, I can remember back in my own world thinking, you know, like bringing a baby home isn't going to be such a big deal. I'll, when I have my maternity leave, I'll have six weeks to sit around and do nothing and we'll clean out closets. And of course, then the baby shows up and it's a whole game changer. You cannot turn them off. <laughs> you cannot turn them off. And whatever you thought it was going to be like, it's going to be different. So I'm just, I'm curious for you, Allie, what ways did you find parenthood surprising? What, um, what, what caught you by surprise? So, um, oh gosh, I didn't believe, <laughs> I did not believe that it was going to be so much work. Like I could not, I had made movies. I had built businesses. Like, I mean, I know how hard it is. Like launch TV channels, right? Worldwide. Like I had worked my ass, my sorry again i had worked my butt off <laughs> i knew how it, how hard it could be but um this is a different level of work like it's a completely different level of tiredness like it's a depth that you just cannot imagine um i didn't expect how tiring it was gonna be i did do it i was 42 when i had him so like I, it was different. Like that caught me by surprise. I didn't know that it was going to be so much harder after 40 than before, like at 30 or like 20 something. Like, I think it's a little bit easier than before, but I don't know. But after 40, it is freaking hard. I didn't expect that it would be fun. I don't know. You do stuff like showing him all of the new things. Like, uh, that also was surprising. Um, it's how much tiredness, fun. yeah, yeah. The tiredness to me that was that's that's what was the most surprising uh, of all. 
And I'll say one of the one of the great things along the parenting journey is um, you're never you're never done, right? It's always a new stage that comes, and you're always just as ill-equipped to deal with the new stage as you were when that baby first showed up. So you know it's, it'll be fun to watch you as you kind of grow up with Taye through all of the uh, the adolescent years and the teenage years. But I will say my experience is very similar in that in each of those moments there is just such opportunity to grow as a parent, to grow as a person, right? You're watching them grow. We know that so much of this is about them growing up, but it also presents opportunities for us to grow too, so. Yeah, if you don't, um, I always choose this, same as I do with the stories and like the problems. Um, when I have the problem of, you know, the crying sprees, um, can I, I, I choose, oh, can I make this fun or can I make this like, you know, painful? And I choose fun. So, Amen. <laughs> in, um, <laughs> yeah, because I can choose, we all can choose, right? So it might be uncomfortable, like, especially at the beginning to figure out, okay, how, what do I do here? But, I don't know. Um, there are new things like with the, the iPad, the video games, the um, uh, watching things uh, on his own in the iPad, like in the kids' YouTube. Like there are challenges every day that I have to figure out. Okay, how am I gonna deal with this, and what is my criteria? Like, what am I gonna tell him? Is this okay, or is this not okay? And then, what do other parents do? And what I realized is that I stopped judging parents, like, at all. <laughs> like, I don't know what is good for your kid or not. And if I, you do something like, there are these, um, for example, these two parents that one, they have, both of them have three kids. And um, one of them, uh, they are really big on um, screen time, right? Like one parent, uh, he puts timers on YouTube and like timers on their on their devices, which I don't even know how to do, but he puts timers of like five minutes. So the kids can only watch for five minutes and then, you know, they, it stops it right in that session. And I'm like, what the heck? And then the other one is doing, uh, they let them have 30 minutes of screen time per week. And like, I'm like, before I would have said that's wrong, they're crazy. And now, no, now I ask, right? I ask, okay, how do you come to that conclusion? <laughs> you know, like what happened there? And, um, and yeah, the, the 30 minutes, uh, uh, they, the older kid, he's like in third grade, he has a ton of homework. And then with the iPads and like the screens, it distracts the third one, right? And their house is not that big. So then they have to do, you know, 30 minutes per week on weekends. And that's the end of it because the rest of the time they have to have family time. They have to go to church. They have to, you know, all do all of these things. And that's kind of what the kids ended up with. And, well, and you know, I think... You know, in these days, like there's no, I mean, we're in such unexplored territory with the devices, right? People, people do have 
such a gamut. There's such a spectrum of, you know, what's the right thing to do and what's not the right thing to do. And um, it is, it's, you know, there's not, I don't know that there's a right answer. There may be some wrong answers out there, but, you know, kind yeah, of suspending that was, judgment. Um, there was a birthday party uh, during the pandemic. It was outside in a park. And um, I got a call from the headmaster of the school that uh, asking me about what had happened in that birthday party. Right. Um, and um, one of the things that had happened with these brothers and sisters was that there was a little girl that was crying for like an hour or I don't remember how long it was that the little girl was was crying and that the mom wasn't there anywhere. And she 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 has three kids. And there were uh, there were new parents that had complained about it, but complained badly. And I, I, I told the headmaster, I said, look, I said, yes, I did see the girl crying. But I didn't think anything of it. Why? Because if I tell my son no to his fourth uh, slice of cake, he's going to cry for 45 minutes. It's just going to happen and I'm going to let him cry. That's how it is. So I don't know what happened, like why the girl is crying. And it could have been that after, you know, the third cupcake, the mom said no, and then she's going to cry until, you know, and that's kind of how it's going to be. Like you, you, I don't judge anymore. That <laughs> <laughs> is something that I learned. Um, it's so from funny because I think before I had children, I had all these rules and ideas about how my children would behave out in restaurants and out in public and, you know, what homework would look like. And all of it just went right out the window when, when they come home. So, yeah, <laughs> I always say I, what a feast of, you know, eating my words it was because. <laughs> yes, totally. Um, it's, um, I think that as parents, like what we have the responsibility to do is to see what works for our kid. And um, for example, I uh, my son loves sweets. And that's the only thing that I have um, an amount that he can eat per week. And he is obsessed with it. Like I don't have screen time, like no other thing because he doesn't really abuse it. Like mm -hmm. it's the, there could be days where he doesn't even want to watch his iPad, right? Or watch TV and like he prefers to play with people. Like it's not an issue, but the, but the candy is an issue. So I've been actually thinking, should I just let it be? So then it's not a big deal. So then he stops being obsessed about it. And I don't know, I haven't made a decision yet. Um, <laughs> It's such a good question. <laughs> and and you will find just more and more of those questions as, you know, they come become teenagers and are wanting to go to parties. <laughs> and you're like, do I make this an issue or do I not make it an issue? So I'm right there with you. I as we kind of bring our time to a close today, and I've so enjoyed this. You've been so generous with your experiences. Um, I would just like to know what message of hope do you have for parents who are in the midst of transitioning, you know with with new ones um, coming into their homes and just you know all the all the opportunities that parenting has to offer um i think that we have to be on top of everything else we have to be conscious of our energy um if we make if we have bad energy and an attitude about something uh judgmental like anything negative um, they pick it up immediately. 
and we have to be very careful with that. Um, I think it's part of the work of, um, of being conscious of it. So whatever is happening, they feel safe because that's one of the things that I think that the kids suffer the most is when they feel unsafe for different reasons. Why? Because we are uptight about something, we are on edge, we are we have a bad attitude or energy about 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 something, a person, a, a situation. And we have to be very aware. I think that the more calm that we can be, um, doing simple things as five minutes of meditation a day, or even listening to the meditation radio on Pandora or Spotify. I hope that other parents can do that. It's, it's so simple, right? That's listening to the meditation station uh, before going to bed, when we wake up or sometime during the day, it actually works. You know the music that when you go and get a massage, that music, <laughs> it really makes a difference for everybody. I love that. And I think what you're doing is really helping parents to find ways to build that connection with their children through the use of creative storytelling. And it's something that, you know, as adults, we often forget is to use that creativity um, as a way, as really a source of building connection. And of course, when we're connected with our children, we feel safer, they feel safer. And, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Thank you, Allie, so much for sharing your stories and your passion. We are going to include links uh, to your website and um, people can can learn all about the app and the books that you have. I can't wait to check out the cartoon book. And we hope that they will um, take a look at everything that you have to offer. And of course, we hope you will uh, click the link below and subscribe to our podcast here um, at the Jennifer Hargrave Show, where we're dedicated to helping provide content to make family life all that much better. Thank you all for uh, tuning in today. And thank you, Allie. Thank you. I really, really enjoyed speaking with you. This is great. I hope this is valuable and helpful. Thank you.